This archived broadcast of Janet Meffer Today is brought to you by Preborn. For $140, you can provide ultrasounds to five women in crisis pregnancies. Call now, 855-402-BABY. That's 855-402-2229 or JanetMefford.com. This is Janet Mefford Today. Our confidence is in Christ alone. Are we going to stand with God come what may? If the Word of God says it, I believe it. And that's the way it is. And now, here is Janet Mefford. Welcome, everybody. Back in 2015, the Huffington Post published an article with this headline, I have come to indoctrinate your children into my LGBTQ agenda, and I'm not a bit sorry. The author, S. Bear Bergman, wrote the following, quote, All 25 years of my career as an LGBTQ activist, I have been on a consistent campaign of trying to change people's minds about us. That is absolutely my goal. I want to make sure your children like people like me and my family, even if that goes against the way you have interpreted the teachings of of your religion. I want to be present in their emotional landscapes as a perfectly nice dad and writer who is married to another guy who used to be a girl, kind of. I would also like to know, why are we so afraid of admitting this? Well, it's become patently obvious that the LGBTQ plus activists do want our kids' hearts and minds, and it is becoming more obvious every single day. All you have to do is observe what's going on in public schools with sexually radical curricula or notice what's going down at the drag queen story hour at your local public library. It's out of control. And the war against our children is just one of the subjects we'll be addressing at our second annual God's Voice Conference, a biblical response to LGBTQ plus tyranny coming up April 17th and 18th in Oklahoma City. It is going to be fantastic. And here to give us a little preview and to talk about some of the horrors that are going on right now out there is one of our upcoming God's Voice speakers, Peter LaBarbera, president of Americans for Truth about homosexuality. Peter, welcome. Always great to have you here. Oh, thank you, Janet. How would you characterize the LGBTQ plus war on kids? Uh, Well, it's manipulative, of course. Um, I'm glad you read that quote because it speaks the truth. I mean, so many homosexual, bisexual, transgender activists, or I guess we could put it under the rubric of queer, which they self-identify as now, um, they, they have to rationalize. It's about rationalizing their choices in life, their lifestyle. I think deep down, a lot of LGBT activists know it's wrong, uh, but they have to override that. And they're smart enough to know that, uh, as Lincoln said, you control the future by controlling the next generation. And so uh, what we've seen is uh, an ever greater war on the children, an ideological war. We used to complain about, remember a long time ago, Janet, It's Elementary, which was a pro-gay film directed at kids. Um, Now it's transgender stuff, and even to the point of, which we're going to be talking about, you know, even pushing these body disfiguring operations on children. And it just never stops because they are trying to rationalize and defend the indefensible. Well, there's so many components to this. I always like to say that you don't have to try to normalize the normal. 
You know, you, you don't. You you never have to normalize the normal. If something is normal, everybody recognizes it and we all move on. When you have to normalize something, there's a problem. So we started out with LGBT activists trying to say homosexuality is just another alternative lifestyle. And we know how the rhetoric has changed over the years. But you're right. Now we're into this transgender insanity. There is so much going on. Let's leap into some of this because I think this is one of the most awful stories I've seen recently. A lot of people will know the name. Dwayne Wade. He was a 13-time NBA All-Star, and he just recently went on The Ellen Show to talk about the fact that his 12-year-old son, a boy by the name of Zion, now says he wants to be called Zaya, and he and his wife, Gabrielle Union, are all in. They say this was our job to go out and get information, and we reached out to the cast of Pose, which has all these transgender cast members, and I thought to myself, whatever happened to parents? Parents hearing something like that, being horrified and saying, son, you're a boy. We need to get you some help. And these days, not only is that not happening, but these parents are made to feel if their little boy comes home and says something like that, you're committing child abuse uh, abuse if you don't affirm him in his confusion. Right. Uh, we're living in a world of my truths, so-called, yeah. in which everybody determines their own truth, objective truth, God's truth is left behind. But to me, I'm with you. I think it's horrifying to see so many parents bending to the social liberalism and, and heeding the experts, so-called, who, who end up confirming their children in, in, a, in a, what is a delusion. It's a, in fact, instead of saying gender confusion, Janet, maybe we ought to be saying gender delusion, because that's yep. what this is. Um, you know, I, I am. You you can't change your sex. You can pretend. You can you can go along with the delusion and try to alter your body, but you'll always be a boy or a male, and you'll always be a female. And to see the elites have this much sway in the culture, and I think one of the reasons for it, Janet, is because the mass media is 100% on the side of the LGBTQ agenda. And that has a huge effect, and it's harming children. Well, why do you think we see so many people en masse going along with this? I can't imagine anything more insane than, first of all, believing that you can switch your biological gender. That's just insane to believe that in the first place. We all know you can't do that. But second of all, to allow your child to be confused in this way and to affirm it, I mean, this is a level that is so far beyond what anybody could have envisioned. But you you called it back at the time, right after the Obergefell decision. And we saw Bruce Jenner on the cover of Vanity Fair. And you said at the time, this is this is the next big thing. It's all going to be transgenderism. Who could have imagined, though, five years hence, we would be where we are right now? Right. And I think it just keeps getting worse. And I think this is propaganda. We're, we're living in a culture that is uh, it's ubiquitous. Um, this this ideology driven uh, ever, everywhere in whether it's Hollywood or or academia or the media. You know, we talk about the coverage of Trump, and I think one good thing about Trump is people have seen now they have a a grasp of the intense media bias against Trump. Now, just think of it this way: the media bias is even stronger 
in favor of uh, against normalcy and in favor of the LGBTQ agenda. Right. And so literally you, you have Soviet, uh, a Chinese or Soviet style propaganda machine in which we have to eke out truth through, you know, one alternative publication here or my website or, you know, Daily Signal or, you know, but there's so few voices and there's so many, you know, I didn't know this, Janet, but a lot of boys think are becoming, want to become quote drag queens or drag kids because they're watching the RuPaul show on whatever uh, cable channel that is. And so it's being glamorized to them and and children are malleable and they are impressionable and and so, you know, we we should know by now that propaganda has a huge effect, especially on children. Well, Wesley J. Smith, who's a great bioethicist and writes over at National Review, had a piece just this week. And the headline here was, Parents Who Refuse Gender-Affirming Treatments Are Castigated as Neglectful. He's talking about, now listen to this, this isn't just your standard fare over at NBC Out or whatever, you know, the pro-LGBT websites that we see in the mainstream media all the time. This is an article that was published in the Journal of Medical Ethics. The Journal of Medical Ethics, and they say in this article that a parent's refusal to allow what proponents call gender-affirming medical interventions is an egregious form of neglect that warrants calling in the authorities. So in other words, Peter, this article is advocating that if you're a parent and you don't allow your child to have a sex change, that is akin to not feeding or clothing your child adequately. So what's next? They're going to start kidnapping kids from their parents if the kids you know want to have gender transitions and the parents say no we're not doing that that seems to be where we're headed yeah it's like evil is good and good is evil right is wrong i mean can you imagine in the name of do no harm they are actually consigning children to have these body altering operations and these gender therapies which have long-term health effects I mean, in Chicago, Lurie's Children's, which is one of the most uh, respected hospitals in the world, has a gender, you know, this this gender clinic for transgender kids. And and there was a story in Chicago, Janet, I'm sure you saw it, um, where a 16-year-old girl had her healthy breasts surgically removed. I think she threatened suicide to her parents. So let's remember that these parents are also fearful. Sometimes their kids are threatening suicide or there's, there's also pressure on the parents who don't know what to do. And so what do they do? They turn to the quote-unquote experts, but the problem is the experts are are buying into this dangerous agenda. You're right. We're going to take a pause. Peter LaBarber with us. We'll come back on Janet Mefford today talking about this LGBTQ plus agenda. War for your kids. Stay with us. Christians losing their businesses for not baking wedding cakes for homosexuals. Parents losing custody for not affirming their child's gender identity. Big tech censoring Christian books, videos, and social media posts. This isn't a dystopian nightmare. It's America in 2020. But what will God's people do to respond to the sexual radicals whose rising social and political power is threatening our religious freedom and our free speech? It's time for Christians to get informed about the looming threats that we're facing and learn how to respond as both 
both salt and light. That's why I'd like to personally invite you to join me at our second annual God's Voice Conference, a biblical response to LGBTQ plus tyranny coming to Oklahoma City on April 17th and 18th. You'll hear from an unprecedented lineup of some of the leading Christian thinkers, pastors, pro-family activists, and medical and therapeutic experts who are fighting on the front lines of this battle and standing firmly on God's word in the face of growing LGBTQ plus opposition to Christianity. Speakers including Dr. Everett Piper, Joe Dallas, Dr. Quentin Van Meter from the American College of Pediatricians, and Greg Burt from the California Family Council will all reveal the social, political, and spiritual threats to the church from this movement. They'll offer powerful biblical teaching and encouragement for the battle ahead. You'll hear testimonies from ex-homosexuals whose lives were transformed by the power of the gospel and learn how to answer common arguments that promote homosexuality and transgenderism. Let me tell you, there's nothing else like God's Voice Conference to get Christians ready to stand in this evil day. So I hope to see you at the God's Voice Conference and outreach of First Stone Ministries, April 17th and 18th in Oklahoma City, and take advantage of our early bird discount registration, only $85 through March 1st. So don't delay. Go to godsvoice.us. That's godsvoice.us and register for a conference unlike any other. Go to godsvoice.us and register now. What the church needs now is God's Voice. You're listening to Janet Mefford today. And now, here's Janet. Well, there is a war out for our kids at the hands of the LGBTQ plus sexual radicals. And boy, are we drowning in this stuff. Peter LaBarber is here, president of Americans for Truth about homosexuality. And I was talking a little bit about this Wesley J. Smith piece over at National Review, revealing that an article in the Journal of Medical Ethics is now saying that parents who refuse to allow their kids to go through gender transitions should have the authorities called on them. Now, here's something else that's interesting, and I'm going to tie this into another thing in California, Peter. Apparently, this article also advocates for mature children as oxymoronic mature children to be allowed to make decisions like this without parental consent from what i understand this is already something that is on the table in california am i right about this i've been hearing about this california teachers association is now pushing for the possibility of kids being able to make transitions or decisions of this type without the parents knowing about it Right. Uh, It's very analogous to the situation where uh, underage girls can get abortions without their parents' knowledge, and the the schools are complicit in that. And now we see it, of course, with this gender revolution, the delusion that the schools are promoting. And the schools are all in, Janet, as you know. You know, the problem is the teachers are indoctrinated, and the teacher training is an indoctrination, which, of course, doesn't bring up the other side. The other side being, for example, detransitioning. People who have, have decided, you know, this whole transition delusion was wrong, and they go. They want to go back to their birth sex. Um, th- their stories aren't being told to these teachers and, the, and these school administrators. And so basically the schools are pushing one side, just like they did with the gay agenda. And let's always remember that all this began with the homosexual agenda. Yeah. I mean, it all flows out. Of, I mean, if you can... If you can indulge that fantasy that a certain subsection of humanity doesn't live by the same sexual rules as everybody else, you know, the birds and the bees literally had to be redefined. (laughs) Uh, You know, the birds and the bees had to be redefined to accommodate the gay agenda. Well, then, of course, from there, it's just one more radical step to the transgender agenda where you just reject your entire sex entirely. Um, And it's just shocking to see all these liberals go along. But it's going to take really a a, a counter-revolution in terms of one person at a time saying no to the elites. 
Well, we have to. I mean, this is creating, I don't mean to insult the children in any way, but the first thing that came to my mind was this is like creating Frankenstein's monster. We just, you know, we create new beings that are the opposite of what these beings really are. And then we convince ourselves that this is reality. I, it's we're off the rails. I don't even sometimes know how to adequately respond to this in a rational way other than just to go, ah, you know, and that's not very effective. So we try yeah, to use I, I, I words. The same but, way. You know, God has given me this gift of, uh, well, I don't know if it's a gift or not. <laughs> it's a of, gift. Of continual naivete. When I saw the drag queen story hours come on the scene, I thought, well, there's no way they're going to try to, to push that all across the world, all across the country. And, of course, that's exactly what they did. Yep. Because the other side, the LGBTQ lobby, is always on offense, and it seems like we're always on defense, Janet. So now they're pushing these drag queen story hours everywhere. Elementary schools, you know, they, they don't stop because they. I think they know that most people don't fight back, and so they're able to push this through. Well, can I just throw in a side comment in that regard? You have people like David French over at National Review basically saying the drag queen story hours are the price of liberty. And people went crazy over that. What are you talking about? Are there no lines against this? But you have a whole swath of these elitists in evangelicalism who have convinced Christians the culture wars are dead. The culture wars are over. Those people who fought in the 70s and the 80s for the culture wars were a bunch of bumbling fundamentalists. No wonder Christians are confused. No wonder we're not getting mobilized. No wonder we're not standing up and screaming and yelling for some sanity to come back to this culture because half the people who are running evangelicalism are acting like you're a moron if you want to go down that road. And I just reject that utterly. I can read my Bible and I know what evil and wickedness is. And I know my obligation to my children. And I know everybody else who loves their children has the same heart. That's what makes me so mad. And I think that's part of why we haven't seen the response to this that 20, 30 years ago, it never would have gotten to this point because Christians would have been all over it. Yeah, we're in a declining culture. And was it J.D. Greer, uh, the Baptist, who said that in order to reach out and have a more effective Christian witness, you should use the false opposite sex pronoun? Yeah, pronoun hospitality, whatever that that, is. So basically, he wants Christians, who should be all about the truth, to participate in the big lie, the big lie of our age. I don't understand why Christians would be in the process of affirming something which is against God's own created order. That's insanity to me. It and is. yet that's so many Christians. They are always feeling guilty, even when they should be feeling guilty, for not defending the culture, like you're saying, Janet. Instead, their guilt is, it's, it's almost like the Stockholm Syndrome, you know? Oh, yeah. They're they, they, they are feeling guilty. Oh, you know, they, they're making fun of the people who are trying to put up a fight. And it's just very sad to behold. Well, this is why the Southern Baptist Convention is collapsing, but that's another show for another day. (laughs) I do lots of shows on that one, but that's part of the problem. You have leaders who are just twisting in the wind and, you know, oh, I just want to have pronoun hospitality. That's the guy you want to lead you into battle? Yeah, no, thank you. I want to talk. I don't want to I don't want a Christian pastor telling my son that he, yes, he, he, you know, insinuating that he actually could be a female. That's absurd. I know. I know. It makes me so upset. Now, here's something else we need to tell people about. I had mentioned this on yesterday's show, but in South Dakota, we were beginning to get a little bit of hope, Peter, because they had this bill that was aiming to limit gender reassignment surgeries for transgender youth, if you want to call them that, and a Republican-controlled committee killed it. 
in South Dakota. All they're saying here is we want to protect these kids because they recognize, for example, that something like 90% of the kids who experience gender confusion under the age of 18 grow out of it. We know that from Dr. Michelle Cretella in the American College of Pediatricians and people like Dr. Quentin Van Meter, who's going to be speaking at our God's Voice conference. We know what the stats are on these gender confused children. If you can't get this done in South Dakota, Peter, what hope is there? I mean, this was common sense legislation and the Republicans killed it. Yeah. Okay. Two things here, Janet. One is let's talk Republicans. Republicans rarely want to lead in a culture war. They barely follow. Here you have South Dakota, where instead of leading and saying, you know what, let's create, let's let's take that national discussion, not just because it's good for the kids, which of course it is. It's it's bad enough that adults, uh, adult women, are having their breasts surgically removed, but allowing girls, underage girls, to do it, um, is is horrible. So yep. it's it's bad bad for the children, but also politically, even politically, it would be good for the Republicans to create a national discussion about why this should not happen to an underage child. A child should not be able to indulge his delusion. Do we really trust kids to make this lifelong? This decision, which has amazing, uh, in- incredible uh, uh, repercussions for their own health, you know, it's absurd. And, and yet the Republicans in South Dakota don't have the strength to push that forward. And one of the things I'm going to be talking about at God's Voice, Janet, are the tactics of the other side. Mm. What happens is in these small states, um, uh, when, when legislation like this is proposed, the whole entire LGBTQ lobby um, descends upon you know, these few legislators who are trying to do a good thing. Maybe it's just one conservative Christian legislator, right? right. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, because the, the, the LGBTQ so-called queer lobby is so powerful and they're so organized and they're so aggressive, they are besieged with emails and phone calls and all of a sudden they think everybody's against them when they don't understand that this is manufactured grassroots. Yes. This is not real grassroots. Right. This is a highly organized sexual lobby. It's the gender big, lobby. It's the big gay mob. Get used to it. They're everywhere. Yeah. Right. And just like just like Rush Limbaugh says, Twitter, you know, politicians who make the mistake of thinking that Twitter represents America, you cannot think that these emails and this lobbying campaign you're getting, which comes from all over the country, uh, you know, represents the people of South Dakota. I know. Or even the people of the United States. It's absurd. But they're but because our side doesn't do the culture war very well, a lot of times these politicians fall victim to this highly organized, effective and very intimidating lobby campaign. Well, right. This is called the Vulnerable Child Protection Act uh, via CNN. Uh, it would have made it a misdemeanor for physicians or any other medical professionals to perform gender reassignment surgeries on minors or to provide patients 16 and younger with hormones. A doctor found in violation of the proposed restriction could have faced up to a year in jail or a fine of not more than $2,000. My understanding from other sources is that they weren't even going to try to do the jail thing. It was just one of those things that was out there initially but you couldn't even get that done. And it makes me wonder how many kids down the road who are going to go through this Frankenstein's monster routine are going to end up turning on their parents, turning on these physicians, turning on the transgender lobby in the medical health field that is absolutely one-sided and saying, you harmed me and you have to be held responsible. I was young. I was naive. I was a little kid. I couldn't even vote. But you were allowing me to go through this life-altering transition knowing that my most of us who went through that would come out of it just fine if left alone. I mean, I'm just, I'm bracing myself. I think there are going to be some trial lawyers who are going to have a field day in about 20 years. Well, I hope so, because there's now a huge transgender industry, not just the, the creepy doctors 
who prey on these kids. And, and Janet, I have seen a young woman, I've seen young women who have the, the, the unnecessary uh, double mastectomy because they, they wanted to be men. The, the, I have seen that firsthand. It was horrifying to me. This is like more than 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago. Um, imagine how it is now. But there is an entire industry. You've got the doctors. You've got the, the clinics that are creeping up all over the uh, America, which are going to lead more and more kids to think, oh, yeah, this is the proper approach because, the, again, the parents don't know what to do a lot of times. Right. Uh, and, and they're besieged by, by these false messages. So uh, there, and then you've got the the, the activists in the schools. I, I remember watching something on PBS where they were giving out binders. They were they were giving students, female students who thought they were boys, giving them binders to cover up the, to tight around their chest, oh. so they would have more of a, a male torso. Good this was going on grief. after school. A transgender activist or, or a gay activist, one of the two, was was facilitating this at a school. This is incredible what's going on. It's it's incredible. And I think for a lot of us who hear this news, it is overwhelming. It is staggering to consider where we are as a country. And there's more to come. I want to get into some more of this news with Peter LaBarbera. You're listening to Janet Mefford today. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This archived broadcast of Janet Meffer Today is brought to you by Preborn. For $140, you can provide ultrasounds to five women in crisis pregnancies. Call now, 855-402-BABY. That's 855-402-2229 or JanetMefford.com. This is Janet Mefford Today. And now, here's your host, Janet Mefford. Always great to have you with us. Thanks so much for tuning in. My guest, Peter LaBarber, president of Americans for Truth About Homosexuality. Peter was one of our fine speakers at last year's God's Voice Conference, where we were giving a biblical response to the Revoice movement and the infiltration of LGBT theology into conservative churches. And that was just an awesome time. But this year, he is back. And I want to talk to people a little bit briefly before we get back into to the news segment, Peter, about what you're going to be discussing. You touched on it a little bit, but this year we are addressing a biblical response to LGBTQ plus tyranny. Part of what we're talking about today is going to be included under that title, and we're talking about the LGBT war on kids right now. But there is so much going on, Peter, when we have sat and talked about all of the ways that the LGBT lobby is coming after Christians in particular, the lawsuits and the drag queen story hours and the transgender medicine hoax and all this stuff that's out there. You know, what is your reaction to that? And tell me a little bit about what you're going to be discussing during your time at God's Voice so people just tuning in can know. Well, um, I, I never could have dreamed. I've been fighting this for about 30 years, and I never would have dreamed or could have dreamed that it would be as bad as it is. When we're talking about books being banned, taken off of Amazon because they're ex-gay, they feature the stories yep. of people who've walked out of homosexuality or transgenderism. Um, this this effort now to ban so-called reparative therapy, they call it conversion therapy because that sounds scary, scary. Hmm. you know, actually taking away people's right to change, using the government. And Janet, we have to remember, uh, remember excuse me, um, and it's very useful now that we have an actual uh, self-declared socialist running for president, that it takes almost a socialist, a big, huge government to enforce 
this LGBTQ chaos agenda. Right. Think about it. Right. We're, we're, they they want to punish people who, who dare speak up for the other side. They want to facilitate this radical gender delusion agenda. And what I'm going to be talking about are the methods, the tactics, even the, the sort of the rhetoric sometimes. You know, the Saul Alinsky was uh, the, the famed organizer. Uh, Hillary Clinton wrote a dissertation about him. You know, the Saul Alinsky rules, which were basically these these mean-spirited leftist rules to, to help leftists win. Rules for radicals. You know, ice, right. Rules for radicals. You isolate, you mock, you, you, you take your target, you isolate your target, you mock your target. I mean, talking about that, how, how, you know, this whole hate, you know, think about how successful this movement has done. They, they, they have a new word now, transphobia. Nobody used to say transphobia, what, five years ago? Yeah. Now, everywhere you look in the media, they're using the leftist terminology, transphobia, which means if you oppose this radical, absurd, and dangerous transgender agenda, that you are somehow have an irrational fear, a phobia. They use language which always implicates us and always advances their agenda. It began with the word gay and sexual orientation. Now we're talking gender identity, where they say you're, you're not either a, a male or a female. You, you are whatever you believe you are. I mean, it's absurd, but this is, they, they take over the language, which helps them enforce the agenda. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say, and we have a fantastic lineup, and it's coming up April 17th and 18th. I'm so excited about it. You can find out more at godsvoice.us. That's godsvoice.us, and through March 1st, there is an early bird discount, so you want to register now. We sold out last year, and we know this year is going to be just as good, so we want to see you there. I want to can talk... I say something on yeah. that, Real Absolutely. Quick. Sure. I, I'm super excited. I'm super excited because we got people like Everett Piper and um, we just have some wonderful speakers and it's really going to give you an education. You'll come away knowing this uh, oppressive thing that's coming down the pike in which literally they are trying to steal away our First Amendment. But we're also going to learn about the, the war on the children. We're going to learn about this incredibly radical transgender agenda, which, as we can see right here in our discussion, it's so evil, it's hard to describe to get your mind around how evil it is. You're going to come away with the knowledge, and when you have that knowledge, it makes you a more effective communicator, a more effective witness for Christ, and it'll make you more effective in the culture wars, in your body politic, trying to get things done. Very well said. And we're going to be addressing things like the Equality Act, which will criminalize Christianity if it makes it all the way through the Senate and then is signed into law by the president. Uh, lots at stake. And and you mentioned before, Dr. Everett Piper will be there. We have Dr. Quentin Van Meter from the American College of Pediatricians. Greg Bird from the California Family Council is going to be speaking on As Goes California. What is going on in California is always about three steps worse <laughs> in advance than the rest of the country. But, you know, we need to know about this stuff so we can get prepared for the best. So I just want to reference uh, people again to godsvoice.us. I want to talk a little bit, Peter, about this Drag Queen Story Hour. I was a a little good news here because we do need some good news. And and by the way, I, I neglected to say... The bottom line with the God's Voice Conference is it's all about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's all about the hope of change, testimonies of people who have come out of homosexuality just like we did last year, and standing on the word of God in an hour like this. I don't want to neglect to say that's the main focus. But this is good news. There's a bill that's been introduced in the Missouri State Legislature to restrict drag performers from doing these drag queen story hours at libraries. And this is via the Christian Post. It's called the Parental Oversight of Public Libraries Act. 
and it's aimed at libraries that display age-inappropriate material and proposes losing state funding and penalizing librarians with fines or jail time, according to the Kansas City Star. Now, they're already going nuts over this one, but isn't it high time that lawmakers said, no, you're not going to do drag queen story hours in public libraries? Absolutely not. Absolutely. We parents have got to, to take charge and, and libraries are taxpayer funded institutions. And Jan, I gotta tell you something about this drag queen story hour. The more I research it, the more evil it becomes. For example, we already know that there have been cases where uh I think pedophiles uh or were were involved in these drag queen story hours. Sex offenders, yep. Yep, mm-hmm. yeah, sex offenders. Mm-hmm. But also it's the entire and it's I know this is a family show, so it's hard to describe, but we're talking about predominantly the gay subculture, the gay male subculture, which is very twisted and very lewd. And some of these guys, a lot of these performers are involved in that. And then they're bringing in the subculture to attend these these so-called story hours, which sounds so wholesome. What's, what's wrong with children hearing stories? But it turns out it's, it's LGBT propaganda children's books, for one. But also, you know, you have, for example, I researched uh, the, the story hour in Los Angeles. It's led by a, a guy. He has a whole... Go-go on the side. He's a go-go dancer okay. in these lewd gay clubs. <laughs> Do we really want a guy like that? No. Around children? I don't think so. And so the whole thing is absurd. But again, it's the other side always on offense, and they're always pushing, 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 and then we try to react. And I commend uh, Missouri for trying to do something about this, but this we have to use this Drag Queen Story Hour as a way to rally the troops and fight back against the entire homosexual agenda, including same-sex so-called marriage, which is now five years old, thanks to the Supreme Court, Barack Obama, and our corrupt uh, you know, leaders. Um, we need to turn it all back because this keeps getting worse and worse, and now it's harming children. Well, right. Here's another piece of good news. In Columbus, Ohio, this is via the Columbus Dispatch, a Columbus elementary school, you'll love the way they phrase this, is the latest target of social media users opposed to drag queen story hour events (laughs) across the U.S. Clinton Elementary School parents who organized an after-school story time for their children featuring drag queens have now had it canceled due to safety concerns. I'm like, oh, really? That's what's going on. Those evil Evil social media users, Peter. Evil, evil, yeah, Jenna, evil. When you sent me that article. What cracked me up about it is, you know, the, the reporters like totally one-sided, like we, like the parents <laughs> who object to a drag queen story hour featuring men parading as as really cruel characters of women. Let's remember that. You know, drag queen story hour is the gay trans equivalent of blackface. It's mocking women. It's it's offering these crude yep. stereotypes of women by sexualized gay men for the most part around children. And, and, and the author was like, they're not the controversy. It's always the conservatives. In fact, every single media article you read, I bet almost 99% invariably casts the religious conservatives, the bad guys. And no matter what the LGBTQ movement does, they're always the good guys. We're scary. Oh, no, those religious conservatives are coming <laughs> after all. I mean, it's ridiculous. You should be canceling that, not because of elusive safety concerns that are non-existent. You should be canceling it because it's inappropriate and it's immoral to do this, to sexualize children and to groom them. And we all know that that's exactly what's going on. And we've seen these people admit that that's what's going on. There was one activist not too long ago who spoke up in a, a meeting in Louisiana and admitted that we're grooming children. He said it flat out. It's crazy. We're going to come back. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
the healthcare open enrollment period has ended. Did you miss it? Don't go a whole year without having a healthcare program. Sign up with Liberty HealthShare. As a Christian healthcare sharing ministry, Liberty HealthShare is not insurance, so you can still sign up. In fact, you can sign up any time of year, and there are no contracts. Starting as low as $199 a month, Liberty HealthShare has memberships for singles, couples, and families, so you can choose the ideal program for your situation. Plus, Liberty HealthShare has no network, so you're free to pick your own doctors, hospitals, and providers. Liberty HealthShare is a nonprofit ministry, so your money goes toward helping other members with their eligible medical expenses. And in your time of need, other members are there for you, too. You can feel good knowing you're part of a community of like-minded individuals who understand the importance of people coming together to bear one another's burdens. Go to libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT for more information. libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT. Hi, this is Mike Reagan, author, political commentator, and son of the 40th President of the United States, Ronald Reagan. And I enthusiastically support the life-saving work of preborn. They work 24-7 in the highest abortion cities in America to care for moms in unplanned pregnancies. Would you go to preborn.org today and help save an innocent baby's life? Saving a baby's life has never been as important as it is right now, with more and more states legalizing abortion up to nine months. The Ministry of Preborn is the largest provider of free ultrasound sessions in the nation. Would you join with Preborn and Janet Mefford today to help save babies? For $140, you can sponsor five ultrasounds and help save five babies from abortion. All gifts are tax deductible, and when you donate, you'll receive a story and a picture of five babies whose lives were spared. To donate, call 855 855- 855402 baby 855402 2229 that's 855402 baby or there's a banner to click at janetmefford.com you're listening to janet mefford today and now here's janet Welcome back. So good to have you with us and glad to be talking with Peter LaBarber. He's one of our great speakers coming up at our God's Voice Conference, April 17th and 18th in Oklahoma City. It's a biblical response to LGBTQ plus tyranny. And we are going to be standing on the word of God as we address these looming threats to our children and to our families and to our churches. And I just want to give you a a couple more uh, names here of people who are going to be speaking. We've got Dr. Everett Piper, bestselling author, former president of Oklahoma Wesley. University, Greg Burt from the California Family Council, Dr. Quentin Van Meter from the American College of Pediatricians, Joe Dallas, everybody knows him, ex-homosexual, former president of Exodus International, great guy. Dr. Scott Lively will be their attorney, former candidate for the governorship of, of, of the state of Massachusetts. David Pickup, our friend from the National Association for Research and Therapy of Homosexuality, and Christopher Doyle from the Institute for Healthy Families, they'll be addressing the therapy ban issue too. Uh, of course, Peter, and then Reverend Al Baker. He spoke at our conference last year. He is a fantastic evangelist from the Presbyterian Church in America. He's going to give us an update on what Revoice hath wrought in the PCA in the last year. And then Reverend Paul Blair, who's pastor of Fairview Baptist Church in Edmond, Oklahoma, is going to be giving a gospel presentation. Uh, And also our good friend Stephen Black from First Stone Ministry. So fantastic lineup. We're really excited. Go to godsvoice.us. It is time for Christians to take a stand. We have to stand on the word of God. We have to be unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ as the power of God unto salvation and transformation for anybody with any form of sexual brokenness. And we're going to say it unapologetically, aren't we, Peter? Absolutely. We have to get off defense. 
We have to get off defense. I want to mention another story that gave me a little hope. And I'm, it, it's a little depressing because it's not a Christian, it's a Muslim. But people might have seen this. There is a father over in the UK, Jabbar Hussein, who removed his nine-year-old son from school last fall over a fight regarding the school's LGBT plus inclusive curriculum. This is from Pink News. He's been told by a local city council that he faces a parenting order and a fine and up to a year in prison if he doesn't put his son in school. This is a Muslim father, and he says he's totally prepared to go to jail. I love people like this, but why aren't the Christians in the U.K. doing this, Peter? Well, the U.K. is an interesting case because uh, they don't have our First Amendment protections, uh, and they have, are becoming a police state on the homosexual issue, yeah. and they banned Franklin Graham yes. uh, from coming into the U.K. And so what you have is now the intersectionality uh, is at war amongst itself. You have the Muslims who are, uh, who are kowtowed to in the U.K., but you also have the LGBTQ, and now, of course, the, the Muslims don't agree with that agenda, and they're, they're forced to battle it out. And uh, I commend this guy. I mean, and this is what it's going to take. It's going to take a few brave people who call out the lies. And we need that in this country. And, and if you're tempted to be one of those Christians who say, you know what, I don't, I don't want to cause controversy or I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get involved so much. Know that when you take a stand for truth, it affects hundreds, thousands of other people who look back and say, wow, he's right. You have a, a huge impact if you take a stand for the truth of God. Well, this, I think, should give us a little bit of hope, uh, maybe a lot of hope, because I have seen individual Christians refuse to bow the knee to this agenda and have had an incredible effect. Peter, I think of people like Kim Davis in Kentucky who said, no, I'm not going to issue a marriage license to two guys. And and she was willing to go to jail. That was a huge case. And people were horrified by that. But she made her point. Or people like Baronel Stutzman or the Kleins or some of these people who have been involved in lawsuits who said, no way am I going to go along with this. I'm not going to make flowers and bouquets for two guys to get, quote unquote, married. As we see the brave souls who are willing to say, I'm not going to bow to your idol. I think that that gives courage. I I think the LGBT agenda would love to use those people's uh, people as examples to discourage and scare people. But I've also seen it go the other way, that the more you see Christians standing up, the more courage it gives other Christians who are watching to say, you go, girl, or you go, guy. I'm behind you all the way. And that's kind of what we want to do with God's voice. We want to mobilize Christians to say, we're stronger together. You know, it's not just one guy here, one pastor there, one Christian over here. We are the family of God and we need to stand up together. And I think this is the time to do it. You know, you're you're absolutely right. Taking a basic stand for morality seems to rally the troops. And maybe sometimes we got too much into the weeds with constantly focusing on only practical arguments and didn't offer up just the the plain truth. God made them male and female. I just tweeted on Mayor Pete on how when he's going and going to his campaign events, this is Pete Buttigieg running for president of the Democratic Party, when he's kissing his so-called husband, uh, you know, that's not good for our children to see. We don't want our children to be taught that wrong is right. And the problem with the homosexual so-called marriage ruling that came down five years ago, Janet, is, is it basically opened up the floodgates for a host of other, for more immorality, because I said, okay, now it's legal. You have to allow it. And, and you can't say, you, if, if you're against it, you're a bigot. And this is how the left works. And the only thing you can do is stand 
for truth and just try to turn off. You're going to be, even if you're hit with a lot of hate from the other side, just keep standing with God. Well, when you bring that up and the Obergefell decision, there was one other story that caught my attention this week, and we can briefly touch on this, but it was this idea in Utah now that they want to potentially decriminalize polygamy because they say the laws haven't worked. We need to make it just an infraction. And I'm thinking of it like a traffic ticket. And I'm thinking to myself, so bigamy is no big deal. Now, you can reduce it to this is just a problem in Mormon country, but I fail to see how that's the case when you see NBC, the Today Show, some of these mainstream media shows featuring throuples, featuring polyamory. It's become very, very fashionable to talk about how cool it is that these people are complete degenerates. How is that good for children when you are erasing male-female marriage as the only option that our society will accept? You're eroding all the foundation. To me, this is just reprehensible and and shows how far gone our culture is and how much our culture needs the Lord again. We have turned on him, Peter. We have turned on him in his word. We have rejected him. We have shaken our fist in the sky to him when our very breath comes only by his hand and by his grace. It's scary to consider what the Lord could do to us if we don't repent. Yeah, and what you've alluded to, I'm going to quote my old friend Jan LaRue, who used to work at uh, Concerned Women for America and Family Research Council. She she said, it's not a slippery slope, it's a slippery luge. Right, (laughs) right. This is exactly what we've seen. Now you have, you know, it used to be cool to come out as gay, and and I remember my kids showing me a Facebook, some kid who said at school, oh, I'm gay, and then, of course, all the the pros, you know, oh, that's so great. If you were against it, we wouldn't dare put your Facebook comment in there because then you'd get trashed by everybody else. And this is what social media does. But now that's passe. Now it's trans. It's coming out as pansexual. What is that? Uh, polyamory. Anyway. Yeah, what is pansexual? No, don't tell me. I think pansexual is basically anything goes. Okay, just stop. Uh, not you, them. They can stop. <laughs> <laughs> they can stop. It, it, because, because I think sin doesn't stay in its corner, Janet. It always, it always has to be, you know, gay isn't the cool thing anymore. Now it's, it's always something more, and, yet, and, then they, and yet they have the gall to say, oh, we're going to stop at adult-child sexual relationships. No, they're not. It, they've already had it in the movies. They're honoring Harvey Milk. He's going to have his name on a, a U.S. ship, the USS Harvey Milk, even though he was, as a gay activist icon, as a 33-year-old man, he was in a relationship, a sexual so-called marriage, with a 16- or 17-year-old boy. We're honoring that man. Obama gave him a president. Presidential Medal of Freedom, right. and, they're com- and they're complaining about Rush Limbaugh. Give me a break. Obama rewarded a, 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 a man-boy sex guy, Harvey Milk. Give well, me a break. That's the thing. The pederasty, and pederasty was the problem in, in so many of these sexual abuse cases in the Catholic Church, for example, and nobody wants to talk about that. You know, right. <laughs> and, and that's the thing is what is the next taboo to fall? And, and it really points out what we need to focus on, and that is our plumb line is the word of God, Peter. The, the word of God tells us what is right and wrong. It's eternal. It doesn't change. I, the Lord, do not change. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we can be sure when we're standing on his word that we have solid footing. And I think of what Jesus talked about, the wise man building his house upon the rock. And when the storms came and blew, that house did not fall because that foundation was so firm. But the foolish man who built his house upon the sand, when the winds came, it completely collapsed. And I think that's a perfect metaphor 
metaphor for where we are in the United States today. Are we going to be the wise men who build our house upon the rock or are we going to be the foolish men who will have a foundation of sand that will be blown away by the next um, LGBT agenda you know, movement. And I, I mean, there, there's just no choice. It's, it's absolutely clear. It's not, it's not a like thing. It's not like, Oh, I agree with the parts of the Bible that got a lot of likes, you know, sure, right. (laughs) That's our our modern era. The Bible is true and we need to, we need to adhere to it even when it's not comfortable and even when it's not popular. Amen. Well, we want to see you at the God's Voice Conference, April 17th and 18th. Early bird discount registration available now. Just go to godsvoice.us, godsvoice.us, and I will look forward to seeing you there, and I know Peter will too. Peter LaBarbera, americansfortruth.com. Thanks a lot for being with us, Peter. Keep up the good work. Thank you. God bless, Janet. All right. God bless you too. Thanks for joining us on Janet Meffer today. Always a pleasure. Take care. We'll see you next time.